0: awesome testimonies about how to walk out true intimacy with a loving father who pursues his kids. Oh man, sounds like a good time. If you want to check out the show, lovereality.org slash podcasts and look for the Worthy of Everything show. The world doesn't think that the gospel can change your life, but we know that it can. And that's why we want you to hear these stories, stories of transformation, stories of freedom, people getting free from sin and healed from sin. Because of Jesus, this is death to life.
1: So I used to check his phone. I used to just be insecure. Anytime he would turn around, it was that silly. Like I'm like, why are you turning around? Are you looking at that person? And that was my, my that was my life, just extremely insecure and controlling. And I'm like, no way, God is going to talk to me. I, like I couldn't believe it. And so I started there. And 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 God told me, Kenya, I have everything under control.
0: Yo, welcome to the Death to Life Podcast. My name is Richard Young, and today's episode is with someone I have not met in person, but I've heard her husband's story. I've heard. Uh, I now have heard her story, Kenya. What What is this episode about? If If, we're, if you're about to listen to this, what are you going to find in this episode?
1: Uh, you're going to find how God freed me from being a woman that was not securing God to being a woman who now she can do everything through Christ, who gives her strength.
0: Wow. Yeah, this is a this is an episode that is is a, it's going to be a blessing. So buckle up, strap in. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Man, this is real talk, God is loving on me. Colorful and innocent, that's on me. Got me standing in the light, and it's on me. It's a new heart, it's a new beat.
1: It's a new thing, it's a new seat. It's a new thing, it's a new dream.
0: It's a new heart, it's a new beat. Ay. Got me singing light. Like... Oh. Got me a light. Like... So did you like... have a chance? to listen to Life's episode. Yes,
1: yeah, I did. Right when it came out, I did. I did listen. To what did
0: you think about it?
1: Uh, honestly, every time I hear a story or him talking like us sharing our story with someone or every time I hear it, it's just like, "Oh wow, this is where we came out of uh out, uh-huh. of, out of slavery." So, it's it's kind of like a nice refreshed reminder of his goodness.
0: That's that's so awesome. So, mm-hmm. has anybody mentioned anything about it to you, or I don't know if you've shared it with anybody in particular, or has anybody reached out?
1: Yeah, yesterday. Um, well, the day that he came out, we went out to eat together, and then we saw a gentleman next to us. He was eating by himself. Uh, he was Hispanic, so we started connecting and talking, and nobody else was in the restaurant and he started just sharing that he was not from here he was just passing by and we just started talking about God's goodness he is a christian he is actually pentecostal and um he i share i told oh we have to share Leif's story so you know the whole thing cuz right now it's too i know you're living and everything so i we exchange phone numbers i send him the text and just yesterday he emailed me, he texted me. He's like, oh, wow, thank you for sharing that to me. He's usually traveling. So he had some time. So just yesterday night, I haven't responded because it was too late to respond, but uh, mm-hmm. it was good. We've never met this guy. He actually paid for our food. He left, paid for our food. So it was amazing. It was just good to share with someone that we have no idea who he is and the struggles and anything. But uh, we're we're staying in touch
0: with him. Wow, I I have uh, that's beautiful. I think one of the blessings of the podcast is, like, in a conversation you can't just like break down your whole story, right, with somebody. Like, oh, and it's kind of weird to even start that conversation where you're just like, uh, let me tell you about my marriage, or let me tell you about my, you know, lust addiction, or my anger addiction, or anger problems, or whatever. But if you're like, "Oh yeah, I told my my story here, here's a testimony. I'll just send it the link people understand podcasts, and that's super cool." So, um, I'll be honest with you. I recorded with we recorded life and I recorded how it was a long time ago. It might have been 4 or 5 months ago. Yeah. And then we just put it out recently. So, I haven't heard it recently. I have a hard time hearing the story again, after I've recorded, like I usually like right now I'm listening to a bunch of episodes from season one. Cause I've forgotten them. Mm-hmm. And so it's fun for me to listen to it again, but because life's is so recent, I haven't, uh, I don't remember a ton of it, which is cool because I just kind of want to hear your story from scratch. And I know mm-hmm. that whatever life was going through had an effect on you, but from the beginning, and your walk and your and and who you were um god was something to you and he's i feel like he's different now but why don't you start to start me like where you believe your story starts like in who you believe god was and subsequently who you believed you were and what what that relationship was like
1: okay uh actually i was just this morning, I'm like, God, what do you want me to share? Because there's so much of my story. And I didn't know it was that much. So um I'm going to start. I remember in elementary, maybe being like a third grader or second grader. So that's what, six years old. I remember seeing all the kids uh, doing cards on Father's Day. And I grew up with all of that. So mm. I kind of realized that I was different. No dad. That means my mom was single, um, six kids. So from the get go of my life that I remember, there was a void. And we're Mm -hmm. six, four girls, two boys. And all my girls, my my three sisters, they will tell me like, why do you need a dad? Like, we're okay without him. So they did not need it. But I did. I was always craving Mm -hmm. for a dad. So from the beginning of my life, I was always craving for a father. So um, the word just came today. Like I was walking like an orphan Hmm. uh, since the beginning, Um, and on top of that, um, I was molested when I was very little, probably twelve. Not too little though, (laughs) not too young.
0: Yeah, that's pretty. Uh,
1: Yes, I was around ten to twelve, somewhere there. I don't remember. Uh, I was molested by uh, a family member. So that's like it created something on top of that void hmm. uh, that marked my life. And I was always like my family always used to tell me like, you are such a good girl. You are such a a sweet girl, very obedient, very like they'll tell me you need to sit. And I would sit, you need to go. And I would go. Uh, that was my temperament. But when this happened, like I change, I change. Um, I became very resentful towards this person. So I was treating uh, a, this family member very mean. I was mean and people didn't understand why this sweet little girl was mean to such person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the void and then molested uh, so I started walking. Uh, I remember at six to eight years of age, uh, we used to go to a very small church. I grew up in a Christian home and mm-hmm. uh, we used to go to this small church and um, like f- people would have altar calls and mm-hmm. I would go to the front because something inside of me, like I wanted to accept Jesus as my savior, but and get baptized, but. Leaders from the church and pastors thought that I was too young. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did receive a call in my heart. Uh, I guess to fill out the void that I, that I had since so little. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I got baptized when I was around 12. Uh, and you asked me how do you used to see God? I used to see him. It sounds so silly, but that's how I used to see him, like as, as a huge person physically. He was so huge that I could not even get to the nail of the toe. I don't know if that makes sense. I was that Mm -hmm. little. I could Mm -hmm. not get to the nail. And it's. I just saw myself like so little, so tiny compared to a God that I would hear at church that I'm like, at least I want to get like, I want to get his attention. Mm -hmm. But I was that small that I couldn't. I was that small that I couldn't. So that's how I used to see him when growing up. And it sounds so silly, but it it's what I don't know if it's what I got from church. I don't know how I came up with that idea that he was like huge and mm-hmm. I was so little that I could not reach him. Um. So I started I then, you know, I, I had a normal life. I, I just think it's normal. And I went to college. I left home. And Mm -hmm. I was in a boarding college. Uh, I went with my sister and I met Leif, uh, Mm -hmm. my current husband. We met in college. We were, what, 17, 18. And we started dating just, you know, a few months later than getting to know each other. We started dating and I began sexually active with Leif. And uh, I was also very involved in church. Very mm-hmm. involved in church and very involved in this relationship, uh, that I knew it was wrong.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: then somehow going to church and doing the works would cover for that. Cause I remember just, you know, even when I, when I gave my life to Jesus, I, even up to that point, I've always thought that I was a good girl. Mm-hmm. I was a good little girl. I was a good little girl. But even though I had that and other things that I, it's it's for later. That is, that that uh, God uh, redeemed me of. Um, I I always thought I was a good girl.
0: Let me let me ask you this question. So, uh, I, I don't know if uh, your first experiences with this stuff was with Lay or earlier in your life. But when this happened, when you when you were sexually active first time or early on did you feel shame condemnation because you knew it was wrong because it sounds like you're growing up in the church and the way the church talks about sex um what did you do to deal with that
1: i felt a lot of
0: as you're moving on
1: yes i felt a lot of guilt i felt a lot Mm -hmm. of guilt but i couldn't talk to anybody yes he was my first one but i could Mm -hmm. not talk to anybody about it so what do i do with this I'm liking it, yet I know it's sin. Um, somehow, I was just talking to Leif today, like, I don't know. And, you know, hopefully God will reveal it to me that I've always thought I was a good girl. So because I went to church and I was a leader in church, somehow it covered up for that. I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So I had my sin, but I w- I would read my Bible every morning and I would uh, go to church and I would, I was a leader in church, a youth leader Mm -hmm. in church. Uh, So somehow I guess my works, I felt they were higher than my sins. That's Mm -hmm. why I never saw myself as a sinner.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know if that makes sense. And I'm trying to.
0: No, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, How did it affect your relationship with life? Like, I don't know if you guys talked before, like, Hey, we we probably don't want to go this far or if you didn't even talk about it at all and it just it just happened naturally, how did it affect uh, uh since you're both at a Christian school and you both know that, you know, fornication is sinful, then that experience and then you're like, well, I got to, you know, be involved in the church and da, da da da. How did it affect your relationship with each other? Uh, I started being very jealous.
1: Very, very jealous. I used to ask him for passwords of their email, of his email, check on his emails to see if he was emailing someone else. Very, very, very jealous, very insecure. A lot of insecurity in my life. But I thought I come from insecurity from men. And Mm he was also showing up here in different ways. So I used to check his phone. I used to just be insecure. Anytime he would turn around, it was that silly. Like, I'm like, why are you turning around? Are you looking at that person? Uh, so that was my, my life. And that was our relationship. Um, sex, getting mad at each other and then, um, being jealous. And then it, it was just around that insecurity and loss of identity. Uh, I had no identity. The identity that I that I was having or that I was receiving was from him. If he was treating me good, if he was not looking at other girls, if he was doing this or that, then I was good or bad, depending on what he was doing. My identity
0: came from that. So, yeah. It's interesting um, that sexual immorality is a sin against our own body. And I think it's a sin against our own body because our bodies were not built to share something so intimate with somebody who could just leave. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. w- sex is, is a super intimate thing. And Paul describes it as a sin against our own body. And I think it's because we're not to meant We're not meant to have that kind of union with somebody when there isn't safety and peace and security attached to it. So how it's manifesting in your life is you have this intimacy with this person, but there isn't the safety of he is mine and I am his. So if I don't know why or how it manifested as in jealousy or insecurity, but it certainly did, right? And now you're looking around and you're just like, and it's interesting that the sex is the thing that jumpstarted this idea from what you're saying, correct? Yes. I also come from a family that is, I don't know if the word is
1: exactly, that is a uh, feminist. Uh, we come from a not, uh, I'm going to use the word in Spanish, matriarcado, like huh? instead of you know, f- instead of coming like a male is the leader of the home, it was the uh-huh. female. So what uh-huh. I used to hear from family members, like, you can't trust men. Uh, men are always going to cheat. Men are this. Men are that. So you take care of yourself. So uh, so I also come from, it, it also, you know, it it just feed into the insecurity that I started having. Because what my
0: mom said what became true. Isn't it interesting that, you know, we've had a lot of Hispanics on, on this, the podcast. And it's interesting because a typical old school Hispanic family is more patriarchal, right? Where the father is the man and the mother is, but on several episodes and even uh, like in my wife's life and she comes from a Hispanic background, like floor her episode, she comes from a Hispanic background. So many of these young girls are taught that men are, are pigs and you have to protect yourself. And so it's interesting that in this culture where it's a lot of machismo and a lot of like men dominant, you know, and that has its own set of problems. And then, on the flip side, the overcorrection from that where it's like no men are pigs, is I just find that interesting that sin and deception manifests itself in so many different ways.
1: Yeah, when it when something's not coming from God, it's just coming from Satan. When something is not speaking out of love or out of goodness or out of uh it just comes from Satan. So yeah, even because uh, there's a lot of feminism today and they're like, oh no, this is the way to go now. But it's like, is it really? Uh, so yeah, we come from, like my my mother's a leader at her work and everywhere where she has worked, she has been a leader. My aunts, they are 12 siblings and nine of them are female. So mm-hmm. it is, a, f- females are predominant in our families. And uh,
0: it, yeah. It's interesting. So did you and life ever talk about this as a thing like we should not continue in this or did that conversation not even happen?
1: Oh, we all every day, <laughs> every time we did it, we did talk about it yet. We just couldn't stop. We just couldn't stop. We wanted to, I wanted to stop. I knew it was wrong. I wanted to stop. I did not know how. I guess I know how. I could just stop being his boyfriend girlfriend. Uh but I I just could not do it. I just yeah. could not do it. I don't know what other words to say. We were very intimate and to separate myself from that my 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 identity comes from that. How am I going to separate from that? I just could not. We did talk about it. Oh, a hundred, like so many times, so many times, but um, it never
0: worked. Did you feel like you kind of were both on the same page? Like both of you wanted to stop, but both of you couldn't stop. And if the mood was right and you were alone, then it was going to be a problem. Like,
1: <laughs> uh, yes, I think we both were on the same boat. We both. We both were felt guilty. We're like, man, I feel bad. What I'm, what we're doing. We both will say the same thing. Uh, I was being sincere, and I think he was too. Uh, and we're like, okay, we're not gonna do it anymore. And we, it was nonsense. We were just back
0: at the same circle. Yeah, circle.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So what happened after that? What happened?
1: So um, he, I guess he got tired of my insecurity because I was looking for him and very, very, very insecure, very insecure, very shameful. I'm not ashamed anymore, but it was very insecure. And um he broke up with me. And the day he broke up with me, I knew it was... it. we have tried to break up so many times. But the day that he did, like, I knew it was the last time we we were going to see each other. Yet we were in the same university. We were still having some classes together. But I knew it was the last time. And that day... I think is the first it is the first time that someone broke my heart uh, Hmm. in like literally in pieces. And I remember going into the house when he left me. He had a car. He left me in my in in the apartment that we were living. Uh, Nobody was there. So the moment I went in, I just started crying and crying and crying and praying Crying and praying, crying and praying. And I'm like, God, why did this happen to me? And I just started just screaming at God and telling God, why why was my my life so messed up? And the moment I finished, I I was talking to him like for 10, 15 minutes. The moment I'm done, Mm -hmm. I just felt like a Mm peace. And I'm like, oh, wait, I was just crying and couldn't stop crying, but I'm at peace now? So mm-hmm. something happened in that prayer, you know, that piece. And I, and I remember because I, we all know the song that there's a piece that surpasses understanding. Like I got it there for that moment mm-hmm. of my life. And I'm like, wow. And people would ask me, Hey, how are you doing? Cause I have breakup before. And of course I was super bad, but this time I was good, like good, mm-hmm. good, good, uh, within that topic. Right. Um, yeah, I still had, you know, unforgiveness, hatred towards people. I still had other issues in my life, but in regards to that, God came, healed, and I had peace. I don't know how, like that was the only word that I could describe. People would ask me how are you doing. I'm like, I'm doing great. And he started dating a girl like a couple weeks later. He started dating another girl, and I had peace. I and then oh. he was gonna marry. Like a few months later, he got married. A few months later, and um, I pray over them so every time like a guy was not in my life I did not have many boyfriends uh, two or three every time a guy was not in my life it seems like I I kind of always went back to God Uh, so it was really interesting but when when a person would come in he would replace it he would replace my God where my identity was coming from and stuff like that
0: Yeah, we, we end up making these relationships idols, you know, they become our identity. They become like, they determine how we are or, or how we can maneuver, like what we believe about ourselves, um, by these relationships. So in many ways it's idolatry, right?
1: Oh yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't know. And it's part of my, what God revealed to me, uh, when I gave my life to Jesus, um, And it was one of the the ones that really, really touched my heart. And I'm like, oh, wow, I've never thought that I replaced him for
0: all these guys that were coming my way. Yeah. Hmm. So he ends up getting married. Uh, What about you?
1: I started dating another person. And um, same story. Um, I was about to get married as well. I'm so happy I didn't. Uh, But the same thing, Uh, the same story, insecurity, uh, being sexually active. Um, It was just the same, the exactly same cycle. Uh, Nothing different. Uh, I got cheated on uh, by a couple guys. And then uh, after I think like five years, uh, Leif looks me up on Facebook Mm-hmm. And he started, he he started texting me through Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, I don't cross that line. <laughs> I might cross other lines, but I don't cross the line of m- someone being married and me talking to them. Like, I I won't do that. So um, he said, oh, no, I'm getting a divorce. I'm getting divorced. Or he was already divorced. I'm like, oh, OK, then we can be friends. So we start, he started hanging out with my group of friends, which my friends were from church. You see, I was, it's so interesting, like... I, I just keep on bringing it up like I, I always thought I was a good girl, but there's so many sins in my life that I didn't thought there were sins. It's so mm. interesting. I was, there's, for example, Leif, he said he knew his addiction and he knew what he was doing bad. I didn't. I was mm. more in the legalistic side of religion. Uh, I Leif has a, my husband has a worship ministry and they used to travel a lot when, when we met, when he was younger. And I was even against his music because he was too wild. So, but then <laughs> it was too wild. At the same time, I was having sex with him, but the music was too wild. God will not accept that kind of music. Um. So I was in the very Isn't this crazy. <laughs> doesn't make sense. Nonsense.
0: <laughs> uh, and so many people live like like. For example, you're just talking about how you got cheated on a couple times. Um, With these, you know And cheating is wrong, right? It's of wrong course it's to wrong To cheat on someone But we're You're sexually active with them And they're cheating on you And so it's just like Well, that's worse That's the really, really bad thing Like, what we're doing is bad But that's doubly ba- Like, it's all deception It's all lies, right? It's all sin Yeah, we, we well, Our eyes are covered by sin and we can't see things for what
1: they really are. Uh, I just cannot get off of like, I was a good girl, but I was in sin at the same time, like in real sin, mm-hmm. not the sin that someone put over you and you probably don't can't forgive, but I was in, I was sinning. I was having sex and I was being a leader. So, and I thought in the same time that I was a good girl. So I was very blind. I was very blind by Satan, and there's no other word to say it. Um,
0: I was. If you were a leader and someone came to ask you, like, yo, I'm struggling in this or struggling in that, did you feel like back then that you, you had answers for them?
1: Oh, not at all. In my mind, I'm, I would not share anything about me. I was very, very, very uh, cautious what I would share, right? Because the, I'm a leader. I'm a youth leader. Uh, mm-hmm. So no, I had nothing. To, I nothing. I had no tools. Um, nothing to
0: say. Hmm. So Leif contacts you again on Facebook after he's been divorced. What What did you think about that?
1: About. I mean, no, we just started a friendship. I didn't thought anything. Uh-huh. I didn't thought about going back with him or anything. I had just finished up our also our relationship. So I was not in the mind of looking for someone. Uh yet we started getting along so good. We were always good friends as well. We were always good friends. Like talking, like we were always good. So we started a friendship and then it turned back again into the old self, the our old lives. It just went back again to our old life and and the same cycle, we couldn't. Yet this time, um, we thought we were more mature because we were, what, five years older. And um, he cheated on me. I, and you see, I we go back to the same thing. Like, that's the worst thing. He cheated on me with a, with a, with a lady. And I found out. Um, and I said, I don't want anything to do with you. Like, I'm done with you. And he Mm -hmm. actually apologized and, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Flowers, everything. I believe him. Um, And he did it again with the same person. And I said, no more. Like, I can't. I won't do this, you know, because now I'm thinking about getting married. Uh, I'm already around 25 or so. Uh, I was supposedly me thinking serious. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, um, that really like, it broke my heart again, but, um, I went back to God again after (laughs) they, it's just this, there's a guy in my life, I start sinning physically, but then he's not, I go back to God. So I went back to God and, um, and it's just, uh, a couple years later, he, a year later, he reached out to me and I saw a changed guy. I really saw a change, guy, um, even though I was walking in the flesh, I had a relationship with God. So I don't know if that still makes sense or resonates with some people. I still had a relationship <laughs> with God during that time. And I think the time that I that we separated, I was living outside of my out, out of home. I was renting a room and um, I had my moments with God. Uh, in the mornings and at night I was by myself. So I had all the time, like no one to tell me to clean up my room or do anything. So I had a lot of time for myself. So I started spending more time with God. And I remember reading Genesis Mm one. I read it once and I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. Let me read it again. And let me read it again. And let me read it again. And, And my eyes, it somehow started opening to some new reality that I just wanted to read it again and again, and I kid you not, I'd read Genesis one, like 20 or 30 times that night, Hmm. it was a night. And the last time I I was reading, I'm like, oh, I was crying and I'm like, I have a dad and he's always been there. And God told me, I'm your dad, like, remember, Hmm. I had a void that I was trying to fill out uh Mm -hmm. because i was molested and no dad and i've always wanted a dad like dad was a big thing in my life and my eyes were open that i had a dad and i started walking with a confidence that i had a dad uh yet you know i was walking in the flesh but i had a dad so i don't know how that makes sense as well
0: uh oh no i mean that makes complete sense we learn like god in his wisdom yeah. Reveals things to us that we can understand and we can grow in. Yeah. Um, you know, we believed in Jesus, you know, both of us are from Christian backgrounds our whole lives, and so we believed in Jesus, but there's been so many lies in there. And to reveal something to us that's not even going to make sense, like if back when you are, you know, first in this relationship that God reveals, like all this other stuff, it's in His wisdom that He just kind of is slowly. But all, I mean, slowly and at the same time, everything has already been revealed through his word. But just saying, no, you know, I'm coming after you here. I want you to understand this. And so, yeah, like there's things that we're just growing and growing and growing in.
1: Yeah. Well, that happened before I got married with Leif. Um, I started walking with that confidence and it was beautiful. I saw several miracles. One of the miracles, like somebody crashed my car and then it was at my cousin's um I used to work for my cousin from her house. She had an office there. And then she told me, oh, they crashed your car. And I I, I had such peace because I had a dad. So I'm like, okay, thank you. And she's like, are you, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So I I closed the door. I kneeled down. And then I said, well, you say you're my dad. Well, it's now you need to show up. Because if I have a physical dad, I can go and tell him, hey, can you help me out? Pay. To repair the door of my car, but I don't have a physical door, dad. So you said you, you told me that day that you were, and I, and I know that you are. So take care of it. So I started working. A couple hours later, a lady came, brought the insurance and told me what, what happened, what had happened. Mm -hmm. And, uh, my car was fixed and paid for. So I knew he did it. And so I had several encounters throughout my life, yet my identity was not in him a hundred percent. So mm-hmm. I married Lave. Somehow he convinced me to marry him. <laughs> he, by that time, I knew he was reading his Bible. I could see it. Uh, the way he was speaking was it was different than the way before. And um, we get married. But the mo- I thought I had forgiven him from the, the cheating aspect. The mm-hmm. moment we got married, I knew I didn't like a month like after the honeymoon like when we we left as missionaries when we were at the mission field i knew i did it in my heart and i'm like no way i'm here one month of getting married and knowing that i have not forgiven him uh it was um that moment of realization was was very painful in my life and um and as I think our marriage started getting worse from that. My insecurity was still there. I would check his phone because I had more access. He had it next to me. Uh, what are you looking at? So my whole story all over again, but in marriage. And um, it was it was pretty sad. We were there like that for six years. On year number four, I remember we were uh, in a Christian university. And um, he was uh, doing his master's in divinities. And I found out I was taking a master's in um, clinical mental health. So uh-huh. that semester I was taking the class of addictions. Uh-huh. And that week when I found out that my husband had a pornography addiction, uh, every week we would go over an addiction with a professor. And that week that I found out, it was the week that I was going over the pornography addiction um, how did you find out he had one? I went. Remember, I'm very sneaky and I'm very I looked through his stuff. <laughs> so I he left the computer, his computer. I never found anything on his phone, but he left his computer at the house one time and I just started seeing the history because I'm insecure. He's going to cheat again. Uh-huh. He's anytime he's uh-huh. going to cheat again. So I, he, I look at his the history of uh, YouTube. And I saw, you know, whatever he has been seeing. And somehow I remember the day, somehow I'm like, oh, he has an addiction. I didn't see it like he's cheating me or he's betraying me, because remember that week, it it just Mm seems somehow like God was taking care of my heart already. And um, I was Mm -hmm. doing the class of addiction, so I saw it as an addiction through the clinical eye. So I told him, "So let's come up with, with a plan." So whenever, so we came up with a plan.
0: Did he pass up right away? Did he say, "Yeah, I I have an addiction"? Yeah, yeah. How did that conversation go?
1: It was. I was just calm. I'm like, "Well, you know what? It is an addiction, and we can work it out." I just didn't see it Mm -hmm. as betrayal or anything. I just seen that something that he had. Uh, yet going back to life in my insecurities, I would, I mean, well, there's a reason you're, you're watching and then you cheated on me. And then, so I had a reason to be insecure. I had a reason to always be checking on his phone. Um, And that was my, my, that was my life. Just extremely insecure and controlling. Where are you looking at? Why are you looking to this person? Why is she texting you? Why is just uh things that today I see myself I'm like, oh, I can't believe I was that, <laughs>
0: How, with the plan for the, the getting over the oh. pornography addiction, did you feel like that was successful? Did you oh, feel yeah. like that was successful?
1: <laughs> I thought it was successful. He told me he was, you know, it was working. Because we call it the 90-second prayer. Um, uh, there is, uh, in, in in counseling, when an addiction comes, when a thought comes, you know, it stays there for 90 seconds. If you can overcome those 90 seconds, you don't fall into the addiction or in the Christian life, into the temptation or uh, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So during those 90 seconds are very crucial because thoughts are coming in. So I, you know, I, I ask him, hey, you know, uh, whenever you have those thoughts, send me a text and I'll start praying you for a minute and a half. And and we did. And he said it worked, and he was working and he said that he no longer had the addiction. But um, and I believe that.
0: Okay, I wanted to take a break right now to tell you about our Bible studies. And we have Bible studies. We have we have them almost every single day. So if you want to vibe with this community, you want to talk to people who have been walking this out, you have questions, you want to you want to see where in the Bible it says the stuff that we're talking about, then like I said, you have many opportunities. We got Monday night. We got Tuesday morning slash Tuesday afternoon, depending on what part of the country you're in. We've got Wednesday morning. We got Wednesday night. We got Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. Uh man, we got we got so many Bible studies. So please, if you want info for this, please email. Steady at love and we'll send you all the hookups. You'll have all the information, and uh, you can join up to whichever one is the most convenient or fits your schedule. So, please, this is where life happens, this is where it's going down. Steady at love <laughs> So you get to California. <laughs> what yeah,
1: we moved to California, and um, and since I mentioned, since getting married, the day we got married, our marriage started getting worse and worse and worse. Everywhere we go, I would always find someone that he could be cheating at me with, or yep, I would always. Yeah, yeah. So that was the same story. I just kind of don't want to repeat it. It's the same story everywhere. We move. We move around six times. Because we went to different schools and everything, so we ended up here, and um we started it was just keeping get, keep getting worse, Of course, there's a church, of course there's ladies, of course, there's wherever there's woman, I'm gonna be feel threatened uh uh-huh. and I felt threatened and I felt threatened by every single person around me. um, nothing to do with him. I'm sure most of the time he wasn't even looking at someone, but it was just my insecurities. Um, they were, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, so a couple years later, uh, we just saw that we were getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And I didn't want to show that to my kids. I didn't want to show that, that that was a marriage. It's so interesting before getting married, I'm going to go back a little bit. So I come from, um, not Patriarch, the opposite. Matriarch? Mother? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Matriarch. Uh, so, but all of the marriages around my, around me, they were not good. I'm like, where do I look for a good marriage? So I started looking for books. I read so many books about marriage because I wanted to have a good marriage. Sure. So it was in my heart. It was my desire to be different. So I'm like, if I'm going to be different, I don't want to be the leader of the home, but I just want to be, you know, um, a good wife. Um, mm-hmm. A wife that irons clothes, a wife that cooks, right? <laughs> what I haven't seen in a while, right? So my family are great cookers, but, you know, um, they, they're the leaders of the home. So sure. I did not want to do have that pressure on me. So I started reading books and I thought I got good at it. But, you know, life came and it didn't. So six years into our marriage, we were done. We were done, done, done. And I told him, well, uh, the last thing we're going to do, the last thing we're going to do, go to counseling. I don't know if he told me or I mentioned to him. So I looked for the best counseling because um, I study a little bit. So I started looking for theories and everything that would fit us and everything. So I found some re- a really good therapists. We send our kids to Mexico. Uh, we went counseling. It's an intense counseling. This counseling supposedly what does for you is like whatever you do doing counseling is for six months. You do it here in four days. So you Morse. advance, you advance a lot. So they were intense. We will literally go to the mm-hmm. hotel, sleep and come back. Uh, we will sleep for t- 10, 12 hours and come back because they were that intense. It was so much. So he confessed everything. Uh, he confessed his life. Uh, I thought I had married a monster. That's the word I said, like, oh, my gosh, I've, I've never thought that I'd marry a monster. I He he just confessed everything that he had done in his whole life before and during my marriage. And he, has, he was never done with pornography. He wanted to quit, but he couldn't. Uh, he confessed to me that um his past life um which was yeah. pretty dark in my to my eyes right uh-huh. Uh-huh. yet uh on the third day I'm like all right let's do this together we're here let's do this together I know who you are I told you everything about me uh and that's it let's do it together so the following day it was uh, the last day I don't know if it was a Friday or a Thursday um, we go to eat lunch and then we come back for four more hours during lunchtime. I, I told him, well, we were happy. We were excited that we were gonna have this fresh new life from the big, you know, from zero again and everything. And that lunchtime I asked him, Hey, if you were, To cheat on me or if you cheated on me during the marriage, you would have never, you would not tell me, right? And then his head went down and I knew something was, I knew he didn't said everything. I knew there was Mm -hmm. something that he had kept in secret because that was one of his, Mm -hmm. um, the way he used to live, keeping in secret. So he shared with me that he had cheated with me, with a woman, um, that he tried to kiss her, but that she rejected. And, and that hurt. Hmm. I cried a lot. I went, we went back to counseling. They're like, what happened? And, um, we knew it was so, I knew it was over. How can I restore from that? He had done it before. He did it then. He was going to do it again. He's going to be a cheater forever.
0: Had he cheated on you in the six years? Like, were you dealing with like the lies of him before marriage or were was there like he had been cheating on you in in the six years of your marriage?
1: No, he never cheated on me on the six years of marriage. He cheated on me uh, probably a couple months before we went in counseling. He actually tried to kiss a woman.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And so the first few days, a lot of this stuff is being revealed. And then on this day, he reveals, oh, I actually did try... Like, if, I would have cheated mm-hmm. on you if this woman would have received this kiss, but she didn't. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, like, I can't get over this.
1: No, no. What a shame. What a shame. Um, what a shame. Uh, it was very... I stopped going to church. I stopped going to church. We we had Christmas then. Then we came back. I didn't want to come back. I had to come back, right? Because uh, we had Christmas in Texas and then in Mexico. So... And I usually stay a little longer to stay with my family, so which I did this time as well. And he came before. So I did not want him to come back. And there was nothing to no one to talk about it because his family. I don't want him to see him differently. There's so much shame. This is happening to me. Uh the one that used to read a lot of books, and my family would mock at me because of that. Um and um I came back and and I've never f- experienced depression I have heard it from you know clients speaking to me but I've never heard of depression until I like I never understand what it was until coming back home I did not want it to get out of my bed I did not want it to uh, cook for my kids like I just I dragged myself to do it because I had two little ones I had a I have a little one that right now she's five four four Mm -hmm. and three sorry four and three so there were you know Two and one. I had to feed them. I had they. So I was living like it was like survival mode. I was just wake up, giving food, sit on the chair, and have the kids go around. I was in depression, and um, I started see, like the the counselor had asked us to sep, to be in separate rooms because he needed a detox of three months, and so we 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 were leave, sleeping in separate rooms,
0: like a sex detox.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sex okay. detox, uh, any kind of, yeah, any kind anything that has to do with sex. And uh, I was one of them. So, um, and we were already separated. He was different, but I could not pinpoint what was different about him because he have given his life uh, in, um, on, on January. And we're talking about February, March that I came back home. Mm-hmm. And he will tell me, oh, you should read your Bible. And I felt so judged. I just felt yeah. so judged. I, I wasn't able to open my Bible like four years ago. And I love reading my Bible like throughout my life. But it has been, I remember four years that I couldn't open my Bible. I put it next to my bedroom to to see if when I wake up, I would read it. Nothing. I, I couldn't. I could not open my There was something that I just could not literally open my Bible. So, uh, I just felt judged by him and he was, we didn't talk much back then. I was just bringing up the topic of divorce. Um, because I didn't want to live that life. I stopped going to church. Um, because it was very embarrassing just to come to church and just have two, two faces, you know, at home, something and hear something it was, I just didn't want to live that life. So I stopped going to church, stopped reading my Bible and, um, one Saturday, I remember I did open my Bible and I read one verse. I don't remember what. I knew there was something inside of me that I knew I could not get divorced if I wasn't right with God. Hmm. But I didn't hmm, know what that meant, and I didn't know how to go back to be right with God. I couldn't open hmm. my Bible, and it was for me it was that's a huge thing. He speaks to me through the Bible, so I just. I wanted to get divorced, but I wasn't making the decision because I wasn't right with God. Hmm. And um, that was in me. Like, I knew that I needed to get right with God because I would make the right decision. And um, so, and but I couldn't, but I wanted to get divorced. So it was in that little cycle that I, I was just like, I want to get divorced, but I need to get right with God to make the right decision. But I want to get divorced. And that was like my cycle for a couple months. Within my depression and everything, so one Saturday he goes up to my room because he was staying downstairs, and he's like, "Oh, there is a couple that is gonna share this story on how uh, they, the the female forgave the guy for for cheating and for some that that sh- that he has done towards her. It's kind of a little bit of our lives, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get a tip or something. Yeah, I'll listen to that." Uh, we're not talking very well, Life and I at this time, but Jayla was going to share her testimony and uh, through Zoom, Mm -hmm. but that time, uh, he comes up again and he's like, well, you know, uh, they're not going to be able to do it. So maybe another time. I'm like, okay. So he goes back downstairs and I stay upstairs. And then he comes back. I'm like, what do you want? Right? Like, Uh -uh. I don't want to see you right now. And he's like, well, they said that they can talk to us through FaceTime and I'm like okay I'll do that because I'm just gonna listen to them right to see and uh-huh. for me I'm like I'm gonna get some tips maybe I can forgive him and maybe I can move on or something and um so they start share. they they call us and we were there Leif and I hear their story uh Jayla and Eddie they share their story with us and I was so drawn to Jayla's story, how she at such a young age has started walking in the spirit. And one of the things that I've, because I've, I was always kind of like inclined, I was going back to Jesus, right? In my own way, in my own way, kind of going back to Jesus. So I was so inclined to her story that that God was talking to her. And I'm like, I didn't know he will talk to people. Remember, I've always wanted to reach God so he could see me. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and that was very interesting and I just hear their whole story and they say so why do you guys want to hear our story and I'm like well uh, it's kind of our story and I started sharing with them um, they asked me and so I started sharing with them exactly kind of like their story was our story Uh, Mm -hmm. same same issues uh, same sins same everything and her story as well she said she was she thought it was a good girl but then you know she had her own stuff that got work with her. So just everything was almost the same. And um, I remember them asking, so you want to give your life to Jesus? Because it doesn't have to be like that. And in my mind, I remember, I'm like, I'm already baptized. But then there was something that they knew that I did not know. Hmm. Uh, But I'm like, okay. And I'm going to be so honest. I just went with the flow. I had no idea what was happening. It Hmm. was already, it was already probably midnight. It was already midnight and uh, I had no idea what was happening. Uh and they they started asking me, so um, what are the lies that Satan has put over your life? And mm. I'm like, Oh no, Satan has not lied to me. <laughs> like literally, that was in my head. Like no. Had <laughs> lied. Like, no, Satan doesn't lie to me. Like, I have read my Bible and I and I know my Bible, not oh wow, pretty much, but I have I know their stories. I know a lot of it, right? I I read my Bible since very young age, so I knew a lot of the information, but I had no idea what they're saying. So I just said yes, but I didn't know what I was saying yes to, honestly, Hmm. no idea. And they started talking about the lies and I'm like, I don't know, Satan, I don't think Satan has lied to me. I remember they pray over me. Again, I I was that tough. (laughs) They Uh pray over me again. And little by little, I started recognizing the lies and I could not Uh believe that they were coming from Satan. I just thought that it came from not having a dad, from being molested, from being cheated, from being, you know, all that. So I had a reason, Uh but I didn't know the reason was Satan, not all these persons trying to get me all these male figures. Right. And um, so I started confessing the lies. Um, Pride was a big one. I never asked lay for forgiveness, not even once in six years. And that was hmm. the first like if I've never did anything wrong, uh, that was the first time that I've actually recognized that, that I was very prideful, that I live my life based on the feelings. That I, um, I was very controlling. I con- I wanted to control mm. my marriage. I wanted to control my husband. I wanted to control my life so people can see. Because I've always wanted a good marriage. Since I didn't have it, now I have to control it. So that could be a reality in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, another lie is like, I could not have a relationship with God back again. Mm. Uh. Another lie. Um, and I was just trying to listen because it, it feel like there was something else. And they were very patient. They were waiting for me. And the one that hit me the most was I made Leif my God. Hmm. And it hurt me. That, that one hurt me a lot because I've always wanted to have a good relationship with God. I knew he was my daddy. I call him my daddy. But... That for me the fact that I replaced my daddy for Leif was it was a huge one. It was like, oh wow, like I could do anything but have other gods before me, right? Like the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I was very to the legalistic side, to the law and right, everything. Right, right, right. So um uh, they pray over me and, and they said like something that I never thought that it would ever happen in my life. They're like, Oh, God is going to talk to you right now. So casual. So like, Oh, God is going to talk to you right now. And I'm like, uh, What? Like, <laughs> I've been wanting this all my life. I, I remember going to 40 days of the Holy Spirit and for, and you know, like, if you want to have the Holy Spirit in your life, come to this Bible studies. And, and I would go because I wanted, to know what it was to have this Holy Spirit in your life. It was a desire, mm-hmm. actually, that it was in my heart. And I'm like, no way. God is going to talk to me. I'm like, I couldn't believe it. And so I started there and, and, and God told me, Kenya, I have everything under control. And when that happened, I kind of felt like, oof, like a, like at peace. And then they asked me, so how are you feeling? I'm like, good but I had no idea what happened. So we hang up and everything. I went to sleep right away because um, it was already what? 1, 2 a.m. So the next morning I wake up and instead of looking to see what my husband is doing or what, of whatever he's at or anything, instead of being insecure, the first thing Mm. that I woke up to was to read my Bible. I'm like, I can't Hmm. believe that I'm, open in my bible i haven't been opening for 4 years so i started reading and i started eating like the bible like a like a kid with cookies and um right after that i stand up and i felt that i was floating and i'm like wait this is weird like literally floating so oh. i i go i do this i actually go and look at my feet and i was so light but i was touching the floor i was actually normal walking <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was, like, I felt the lightest person ever. And then I remember one of the first songs that came into my mind right away. It's called El Loco from Felipe Garribo. It's guy people says there that I turned crazy because now I just talk about God, his salvation. And, it, like... Pretty much the gospel in that song. And I'm like, oh, that's me right now. And I was just started praising God like never, ever before. Because remember, not all the songs would please God. But that day, like my mind did a shift. And and I think I read a verse, like I read a verse that it says, when you have the Holy Spirit, now you're free to worship. And I'm like, oh, so I started worshiping God with songs that I in the past I would have thought that they were not good songs because God would not accept them. I started praising <laughs> God and jumping all over my house and like I was a new person. The day before I was in depression. That day I am just happy. Like that, that I've never received like I've never been that happy in my whole life before. Uh, so, um, anyway, so I started having my relationship with God and I'm like, God, I stopped. I remember praising him in the middle of my room and everything, just jumping around. And in the middle of a song, I say, God, I know there's spirits out there that don't belong to you. So if this is not one of them, I don't want it. And but for now, I'm gonna enjoy what it is because I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna enjoy my life right now. So I just keep on worshiping for a couple of days. Well, not for the next morning. He wakes me up super early and he tells me, Kenya, salvation has come into your home. And I'm like, oh! Ah. I started crying and I knew I was saved before. I it was a, such a struggle to like it was, it was COVID just hit. Hmm. Those months. So for me, I was super scared that I was not going to be saved because I haven't opened my Bible. I haven't done the works, right, that I wasn't going to be saved. So that day, God told me, Kenya, salvation has come into your home. I knew I was saved. I knew my my country is heaven, and I knew that I'm going to heaven. Like, what better than that? Anyway, so life start seeing me, like, different, and a couple of weeks later, he started asking me, uh, so I noticed you're different because remember, I forgot that I had a problem in my marriage. I'm literally in love with God. Like I, for, I literally forgot about life. I was feeding my kids and everything, but I was just like my days were me and God, me and God, me and God, me and God. I forgot about that life existed or that I had a problem with it. So he comes out to me. He's like, <laughs> So, um, I notice you're different. Um, I want to know if you have forgiven me. He doesn't ask huh. for forgiveness. We're not sitting down on a table. He's just laying in the couch. She's like, oh, I just want to know if you have forgiven me. And I'm like, oh, about that. Let me ask God. Cause now I have a relationship. Now I talk to him. He talks to me. Now we, you know, let me ask God. Cause you know, it's kind of like, oh, I came to reality. Right. I have a marriage problem. So, and I'm about to get divorced. So I go into, I go into the shower. I start taking the shower and God tells me in the shower, he told me, Kenya, you have forgiven Leif. And I turn around, like I look up, I literally like, what dad? She's like, I'm not asking you or I'm not, whatever I'm telling you, you have forgiven Leif. And, um, and I asked myself this question, I'm like, would I marry him again? And I'm like, oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember three yeses came out of my mouth. I'm like, we no doubt. And uh, I have it right here. That's why I, I'm going to read some of the parts. Uh, he, I, And I started asking, I, I started saying, even though he cheated on me before getting married a couple times, yes, even though he was not gentle at times, even though he lied to me, even though he hired me, stuff to me, even though he was very selfish, even though I started all his sins, right? I'm like, oh, yes, with no doubt I would marry him all over again just to be right where I'm at right now. Wow. Because it didn't compare to the goodness and the love that I was just receiving uh, from God. So I get out of the shower and um, I I see Leif and I'm like, hey, you know what? God just told me, like very casual. was <laughs> so interesting. God just told me that I forgave you. And he's like, what? He started crying. And I'm like, you cry. I need to go write this down because it's so good. I don't want to ever forget. So I came and I started writing it down and I started writing on the left hand side. I usually write on the right, but I, somehow I started writing on the left. And then I close off the notebook and God tells me, open it up because you're about to write. And I'm like, no, like I'm done with. The forgiveness part that I did with my husband and that you told me, like, I'm done. He's like, no, open it up, Kenya, because you're about to write. So I had no idea what I was writing. So I hold on my pen on the right hand side and I wrote his stuff on the left and I started writing. And he told me, do you remember the time that you did an abortion? So let's go back a little bit. Leif and I, we did an abortion when we, when we were together, one of the two times we actually forgot about it because we said we were never going to talk about it. Uh, and that's it. Is this is when
0: you were dating.
1: Yes. We, we were dating. Uh-huh. We did an abortion. And, um, Every time I would see something like a movie that has an abortion or a little baby, you know, I would get triggered and I would go into a room or a restroom, kneel down and pray. And I will literally say this word, God, if you have not forgiven me last time that I prayed, please forgive me now. Because there was a lot of guilt in my heart from what I have done. So and it followed me throughout the years. Uh, We don't know. We can't pinpoint the time. But it's probably more than 10 years now. Mm-hmm. But so if I only through eight years of my life and um, that day, God wanted to resolve that issue. He's like, oh, so he was just dictating me. He's like, do you remember the day that you did an abortion? But if you ask me if I would come again just for that one sin, I would come. Yes, yes, yes. I would do it all over again. Just for you. Kind of like the same way that I was that I did with my husband. It was kind of like the same way that was happening here. And then I started writing my sins. Um, despite my character. Despite my pride. Despite my control. Like even though I went along with my feelings. And not with you. Uh, even though I didn't read the Bible. Like I started all this. And even though I did an abortion. I started mentioning all my sins. And he told me yes. Uh, without a doubt. With a smile on his face. And he said, I'm just going to read this because it's beautiful. It says, it's because I love you so much. And at that moment, he also uh told me the verse Romans 8, 1, which I did not know it, it six said in the Bible. He told me, y no te condeno, and I do not condemn you. I'm like, this has to be in the Bible. So I went into the Bible and it is Romans 8, 1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And at the same time, a song popped in my mind, which is, this is Amazing Grace, And the song goes, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love that you will take my place and you will bear my cross. You laid down your life that I would be set free. Jesus, I love you and I will sing for you. Uh, so I'm like, wow, like this was, you know, God was just revealing what he was doing in his life. And, and I, and I felt, I felt, um, forgiven and I felt free from anything on the past and, something else just to close it up uh god with me that day he's he he asked me to write he's like you forgive not because a lot of it was done to you because a lot Hmm. of things were done to you but you forgive because i forgave you a lot Hmm. and uh because you were forgiven a lot um and that is um pretty much my life after that i i we walk different our life has been different god has uh, done so many things on top of that um i don't know what else to share it's just so many goodness and
0: so the the insecurity and and your identity coming from leif like what has happened to that since you've understood your identity
1: (laughs) gone 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 Uh, one day I remember, uh, God told me, Kenya, you will, I was driving and he told me, Kenya, you will be fine even if Leif dies. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. I am fine. Yes. I can be fine because you are with me. Um, yeah. So no insecurities. I could, it's just black and white. Uh, honestly, I can I can, I know 100% my insecurities are gone. I could see it with it someone and I'm like, oh, they're just talking. Uh, I remember being checking his phone for hours. I'm not kidding. Like four hours, sometimes a night checking his phone. Well, now, he's
0: asleep, you're looking at his ex, phone.
1: Yes, yes. So now <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time doing that. If he, whatever he's doing, if he ever does it, it's him and God. Something about, um, having God within you and um, having that peace and that receiving his love, like you get to see the person, just how God sees them. So even though he might sin again, even though he might hurt me again, uh, I get to see him just how God sees him. Um, and it's just amazing. I I could never thought that there was such a life of freedom of goodness, of love, of gifts. Uh, even the gifts, I used to like he ha- I used to put a lot of weight on him. Like, you need to give me flowers, think about a note, write to me something. And poor Lave, he's not good at that. But uh but I had that load on him. Literally, when I became free, I, I told him, Hey, don't worry about the gifts anymore. And one one Mother's Day, I told God, like, please make Lave not give me anything. And I want a gift from you. And because your gifts are good and his gifts, yeah, they're nice, but you know how to give good gifts. And uh, literally what happened, I remember that morning I woke up on May 10, May 10 is Mother's Day for Mexico. And uh, yeah, God spoke to me and he he changed my name. He told me, you're not going to be Kenya, which is yes to God. You're going to be Kenya, which is yes to the work of God or yes, to praise God. And it's just uh, amazing. Uh, he keeps on showing like he's infinite. We cannot stay there on the freedom. Freedom is amazing. Freedom is the best thing. Your salvation, you're securing him, your identity, but he's infinite. He wants to pour out more goodness into your life and he wants to secure you in him more and more and more. So it's a good life. Uh, if someone hasn't experienced it, look for it. It's just ask and you will receive. The Bible said, just ask, you will receive. It's that simple.
0: Let me ask you this as we wrap up. If there's a couple and they're struggling and they're like you were on year four or five of their of your marriage, that's what they're experiencing right now. What would you tell them? What What would you say to them about, you know, they're struggling the same way you are insecurity, fighting, sex has become an idol, there's lust issues. What would you say? Where would you start with them?
1: Um, I usually start my story because they, you know, no one can tell anything against my story. They might not want to hear the Bible. Uh, but honestly, uh, what I have shared with other people, with other couples, we have ministered to other couples is like, you don't have to live that life. Jesus already paid at the cross, so you could live a righteous life. You don't have to live that life, and yeah, we do share our story that we were there once, but not anymore. And it's just as simple as saying, "Okay, God, today I am gonna accept You as my Lord and Savior." And um, yeah, they can, they can. Praise the Lord. You don't have to. It's not a lifetime. It's not something that you work at. It's something that is free. And it's given in the moment. You just ask for it. And it's that simple. Just asking, hey, Holy Spirit, come into my life. Having that humble heart and he'll come. The Bible says you you don't have because you have not asked. Mm. So I'm like, oh, is that simple? And I love it because it's the,
0: the gospel is the simplest thing ever. Um, yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you for telling me your story or telling the story. It's, it's a blessing. Thank you so much for
1: having me. Got me singing
0: like glory. Yeah, it got me telling my story. Know that your love is pouring on me. And love is pouring on me. River flowing in and never ends. More than life, more than me, more than just pretend. You can feel freedom from within. Free to fly, be the child that you always been. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. We would love it if you could share this so that people could hear uh, more of these stories. And a way you can do that is to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us a high rating. If if you give us less than a five star, I'm inclined to believe that you're not really rocking with us. So give us a five star rating and, and throw a comment in there. If you're going to talk about us on social media, go ahead and use the hashtag Death to Life. And let's get that hashtag going. This podcast is a production of Love Reality. And if you want more information about Love Reality, go ahead and check us out at lovereality.org. This show's produced by Tyler Morrison and Katie Pruscia. The sound and editing is done by Addison Collingsworth and Eddie Cornejo. And then the Johnny on the spot is Annabelle Harper. And the artwork is done by Felix Gassman. Thank you so much for listening. Love y'all. Appreciate y'all you. Mm-hmm.